Squibbed on back to Roosevelt. Roosevelt on shot. There you hear it. The Stanley Cup Finals have begun with our beloved Chicago Blackhawks winning game one in triple overtime. Hockey is all about gaining advantage over your opponent, but how do you do it when your opponent has seen everything? Buffalo Sabre Steve Ott found a way when he was uh, facing off against Montreal's Jeff Halpern. So, Steve, why don't you tell us what you did? Well, well, first off, I think a lot of people don't understand the, the prior, probably the prior history is that me and Jeff Halpern played together for a lot of years. We were teammates, and, um, you know, it's more messing around with him, I guess you can say, than anything else. But, you know what, in, in some instances in face-offs, I guess you, you, you try to do whatever you can possibly do to win them. And, you know, knowing that he's a good face-off guy, I've more, more or less messing with him as a, as a friend and also in the, in the competitive dot. So, so uh, this is, uh, you know, for people that don't follow hockey, this is two guys standing real close to each other uh, uh, try, trying to win the puck. So, so what did you do to get the advantage? Well, I, got a, I guess I got a, got a real long tongue because it ended up touching his visor and, <laughs> and stamping his forehead a little bit. <laughs> so you licked the guy, basically. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> did it work? Yeah. Well, you know what, in that instance it did, but it wasn't that... Uh, it wasn't the crazy important face-off dots that most, you know, NHL people know that the defensive zone ones or the offensive zone ones. This was just a center ice uh, 50-50 draw. Now, you, you said in that instance it worked. Does this mean that you've licked other hockey players? <laughs> I might have blown a couple of kisses in that close. <laughs> that, that, that's probably more of, a, you know, certain things. Or, you know, you, sometimes there's a lot of, a lot of chirping that goes on. You know, the guys are talking to each other even when they're, when that puck's dropped, uh, you know, I'll continue to usually, you know, throw a guy off or, or try to in that instance and, and try to get any type of advantage you possibly can, right? Uh, let me, can I ask you this? What did uh, what did he taste like when you licked him? <laughs> I guess he was a little salty from all the sweat. No, <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it was on the outside of his uh, visor, so hopefully he wasn't... Uh, you know, blowing snuff bubbles on it before I before I licked them, but you know, I, I, it, it's it's pretty nasty, absolutely. But I guess you can say it, it it happened. Well, so now I guess you have to kind of top that. What what do you got planned for next season? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I, I guess it's, we'll have to keep those secrets in until something pops out, so it, it looks like it wasn't uh, so planned or whatnot. Yeah. Well, uh, we certainly love it, and I hope that you don't develop a taste for uh, visor or cheek, <laughs> whatever the case may be. I'll stay off of for sure. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. On today's show, we'll tell you how to serve a subpoena. Or, uh, if you the shoe is on the other foot, how to avoid a subpoena. But first, it's ice cream season. Summer. And that got us to think. It's another word for the how, name of the season. How do ice cream makers come up with new flavors? Eric Ferdet is the flavor guru for Ben and Jerry's. Uh, they make ice cream, if you haven't heard of them. During the summer. Part of their process is getting suggestions from consumers. Eric, let's start there. What are some of the worst suggestions uh, of, for ice cream flavors that, that people have sent in? You know, barbecue chicken or, you know, dingy more beef stew or <laughs> just some crazy things. We got uh, someone wanted um, ice cream made with human breast milk. Uh-huh. Um, we get some pretty bizarre stuff. Uh, fermented whale blubber came once. Well, so when you are uh, when you are going about coming up with a new flavor, where does that process start? 
It starts in various places. We get a lot of consumer write-ins. Um, we also look at all the food magazines at the checkout at the grocery store when you're checking out and you see those beautiful cakes and pastries and things. Yeah. Um, ideas come from that. We also do trend treks. So recently we were in Portland, Oregon, um, eating our way through the city at specialty food producers, chocolatiers, bakeries, uh, trendy restaurants, and cocktail lounges. Have you ever created a flavor that you thought was edgy, but that you realized maybe customers weren't ready for it? Uh, there have been lots of those. For instance, rosemary works plays really well with um, cream. So it makes a great sauce for pasta and stuff. Well, it also works really well in ice cream. Mm -hmm. So I made a rosemary ice cream. I put in rosemary tea cake and an apricot swirl. Ah. I thought it was the best thing ever, um, but I also realized that you know our fan base is probably not quite ready to pull rosemary ice cream off the shelf. What so, if you uh, What if you called it Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> I I actually did name it Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Uh, all of our All of our benchtop items get um, during development get a name, and you have to call it something when you're developing it and i was calling it rosemary's baby which turned off people almost instantly yeah i would think so <laughs> eric is there a gold standard flavor that you can think of i think probably new york super fudge chunk which was a formula the co-founders did themselves many years ago ben was a, a very good taster and he wanted it all to be balanced and and um he said once, or maybe it was Jerry, said once, the, the true target is if you can sit down and eat the entire pint and not feel like it was too sweet or too heavy. Um, that was the true test of whether or not um, that flavor was going to make it. So is that part of the process? Do you have somebody sit and eat a whole pint and <laughs> describe their experience? Um, we don't anymore. I don't think we've used people here to see if they could eat a whole pint. Certainly people do. We get three pints a day as a benefit. So What? <laughs> Wait, so a day. you work for Ben and Jerry's, you get three pints of ice cream a day? Yes. <laughs> That's do terrible. You, does anyone uh, utilize their three-pint-a-day allowance? It's, um, it's fun to watch new people start with a company <laughs> because every day they take their little bag of ice cream home. Do you have, like, and a freshman 15? Uh, we call it the Ben 10, <laughs> and after about a month, uh, they stop taking little bags of ice cream home, and they're at the gym. We have a gym in the building, and the company also pays for um, local gym memberships so that everyone can, um, you know, work those extra few calories off. I, at one point, my neighbors were just saying, please just stop bringing ice cream <laughs> over. <laughs> well, Eric, this has been great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So Eric was saying uh, that they get all these ridiculous suggestions, and they, they have to think about what's going to sell to a large amount of people. So I'm thinking probably a lot of really good ideas get lost in the shuffle. So I'm thinking you should uh, send us your ideas for ice cream flavors. We will make it and eat it. Yeah. We don't have to worry about selling it. There's no consumers who are, uh, we're trying to please. We're not going to send it to you because, you know, dry ice or something. But uh, t send in uh, your best ideas for flavors. We will make them and eat them and tell you what they taste like. Which is 
Sounds kind of like a raw deal for you. And then we'll come up with a really clever name for them, right? That's overpromising. We heard from Nick. He listens to our podcast while waiting in line at Disneyland. Nick, these next 15 seconds are for you. California. Nick, my friend, you are about to ride some teacups. Yeah. Pay no attention to the screaming kids around you. Yeah. Just And when you get on that ride, just think of the millions, millions of people who have sat right where you're sitting after days of sweating in the California heat. California, here we come, right back where we started from. I'm looking for the owners of Max's Homemade Cupcakes. Oh, that's me. Wow, word is really spreading. How can I help you? You've been served. You're hereby served to appear as a witness in a trial of Freddie Marcuse. Well, now, throwing it away won't do you any good. You have been legally served, and that's all that matters. So we see so many movies where somebody uh, goes up to somebody else, they kind of sneak up on them, they hand them an envelope, and they say, you know, you've you've been served. It's very, It's a very dramatic moment. And I'm wondering if that's actually how it happens, how this process of giving somebody a subpoena actually works. Ron Rugen is a guy who does that. He's a process server in Kansas City. So, Ron, you primarily deal with people who don't want to see you then, right? Right. I'm not a popular guy with them, but I can try to make it a little easier unless they want to step to the plate and try to make it tough. Well, so maybe can you take us through how do you deliver then a subpoena or summons? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on whether it's a business or a residence. Uh, if I go to a residence, um, you know, I tell people I get the same money for being a nice guy as I am for being a jerk. So I try nice first. You know, I, if I set a residence, I go to the residence, and I try to stand uh, where they can't see me out the peephole or see me out the front window. <laughs> I serve a lot of rent summonses. And uh, that way they need to satisfy their curiosity by opening the door. And so just so I understand how this works, uh, does the law say you basically have to get this document in the person's hand? No, no. Uh, You have to make them, uh, and laws vary from state to state, but generally you have to make them aware of the document Uh and and, um, being able to identify them. Wait, so if I... If I understand this, if I don't see you and I don't look at the thing you're throwing at me, then I'm not served? No. You don't have to touch it. You you don't have to open your door. But I have to make you aware that you're being served. So if I if you're there and I'm like, la, 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 I can't hear you, la, 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 la. Yeah, you're trying to avoid service. Too bad. Oh, so I am busted then. I am served. Yeah, yeah. And I have had people who come to the door and you try to serve them. And they put their hands behind their back and back up. They've seen too much Hollywood. Uh, once I know who they are, uh, I can drop them at their feet. You know, say you have a summons to appear in court with so-and-so. Here's the date and time. I have had people, I've, I've dropped a summons in the street after someone running uh, away from me, but announcing, you know, what I had. I've gone on a slow-speed chase and, and ran across the highway and, and thrown them in a truck bed as the guy drives off. Uh, 20 years, I've had a lot of fun experiences. So how how elaborate does it get? Have you ever employed a, a costume, say? Um, <laughs> sort of. I mean, I do have a brown, a brown shirt and shorts, you know, like a gurney <laughs> type thing. There's no logo on it, so whatever you assume that I am, uh, you know, I don't pretend to be employed by any other company. 
but you know, I might carry a box and a clipboard and and uh, and do that. I did have one several years ago where I was uh, trying to get this attorney's business. The sheriff came several times. Which who wants to open the door for a badge, right? Uh, the sheriff would go to the door. There'd be 11, 12-year-old kids there. Mom would run out the back door, and they couldn't get him served. So I put my – I got a, uh, a fresh, never-used pizza box, went to the door, had the summons in the pizza box, knocked on the door. Uh, the woman was sitting across the room, and I looked down at my pizza box as if to read, and I said, are you so-and-so? And she said, yes, but I didn't order no damn pizza. And uh, – I said uh, I pulled it out and I served her, so she identified herself. Wait, what was her reaction when she saw that it wasn't a pizza? Uh, her mouth dropped to the floor. <laughs> well, that. But you know, it helps being six five. You know, oh. I'm I'm not a bully, but it's just kind of a nice little bonus for me. Well, they, they, it strikes me as there. There's probably not uh, two emotional reactions further apart than I'm about to have pizza and. Uh, now I have to go to court. And, you know, a lot of these aren't a really big deal. I mean, you know, I have also, in, in tough serves, uh, waited till they're at a stoplight and you know that they can't go anywhere and go up and knock on their window and, uh, and you know, serve them. And if they won't roll down their window, then I can stick it under their windshield without blocking their vision and, and get them served. So you've you've done pizzas before. Have you ever done mm-hmm. anything anything else? Any other fake flowers? Delivery? Flowers? You ever do Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. No, I haven't done that. I don't think I'd pass as a brownie though. <laughs> He's six five. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy, I did have yeah. to go to Branson one time to serve someone that, and that's like three hours from me, and and you know they couldn't get her served, and I bought flowers and um, took them, and this was like a back in a backwoods road with a barbed wire gate and that kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, it gets a little scary sometimes, but I, I actually got her to come out. She saw the flowers, but I took them home. I was married at the time, took them home to my wife. <laughs> and my wife even said I should have at least left the flowers with her, but I didn't. Well, it must be hard when you want to give somebody a present and they know what you do. Like, I'm not taking that from you, Ron. <laughs> Let's say I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ron, thank you so much for uh, telling us about what you do. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, guys. We are still collecting your Toilets of the Week. Get your nominations to howto at npr.org. This week's suggestion comes from Charlie, who found a photo of this toilet on Reddit. Producer Blythe tracked it down. She, She found that it was at the San Diego airport. And joining us now is Katie Jones. She works there. Katie, tell us about your toilet. Sure. Um, in Terminal 2 West, a part of our new expansion, um, along with all of the other family members' restrooms, we now have a pet relief area uh, complete with AstroTurf and a fire hydrant for um, animals who are traveling to the airport. Okay, so describe this. Can I, do they have privacy, or do I see this fire hydrant sort of from the terminal? There is a door you can close, so if your dogs have performance anxiety or anything else like that, you are uh, well within the confines of the bathroom. Wow. So we're, we're, before you had this, were dogs just peeing <laughs> indiscriminately around the, the terminal? <laughs> no, we had also two pet relief areas um, outside before security, but this is the first. We're actually one of the few um, airports in the country to have one behind security, so you don't have to go 
take your dog out and then get rescreened again before coming back to your flight. Oh. So it's actually a Department of Transportation requirement now um, for service animals, but of course all dogs are welcome to use it. I know that when I'm in an airport and my flight's about to board, uh, sometimes I want to try and go one more time so I don't have to go on the plane. Uh, I feel like I could probably get things done quicker if I use the doggy restroom as a as a human being. What uh, have you had? Has that happened? We have not had anyone try to use it that way yet. All right. I, I wouldn't recommend it. it. It would be frowned upon. You're saying <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because really, if you think about it, there's really nothing. There's no reason a man can't pee the same place where a dog can pee, except maybe legal reasons why a man couldn't use it. Decorum, I think, is another good reason. Yeah. Well, this uh, this sounds adorable. It really is. You know, you hardly call bathrooms cute, but this one is really, it borders on whimsy, which is a terrible thing to say about a bathroom. <laughs> well, it's so much better than having your dog pee at, like, the Brookstone, say. <laughs> yeah, be careful with the travel pillows around there. <laughs> well, congratulations, Katie. You have this week's Toilet of the Week. Oh, thank you guys so much for the honor. That does it for this week's show. What did we learn today, Mike? I learned that uh, one of the benefits of working at Ben & Jerry's is you get three pints of ice cream every day. Yeah. Do you think that maybe Ben & Jerry's only hires people who have just gone through a bad breakup, and so that's why they, they need all the ice cream? You think that's that's how the interview goes? Uh, tell me about your relationship status. Yeah. You seeing anyone? I learned that process servers, when they deliver you your summons... They don't say you've been served. That's a that's a movie thing. I think, and that's really disappointing. I think that's probably one of the, that's the most attractive thing about that. To job. be able to say that. You've been served. Yeah. And in a dance-off, you know, after you outdance somebody, I traditionally say, you've got served. I guess now I'll just tell somebody their court date, because that's what you do instead. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Haga, with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Eli. He says he's looking to find a job in Hanoi. Well, hopefully our fake internship program will help you find a fake job. You did great work. Tell everybody. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.